all this self-neglect comes from forgetting what you want, where you begin, where you end, where you actually desire, not what you should have or should want, but what do you actually want, right? So I empower my clients to just own it, step into their power. Hey guys, welcome back to Mostly Balanced with Mia and Carly. Hi, welcome back. We have an episode today that's really fun. We had Ella DeVar on. She is a nutritionist and dietitian, and I really loved her energy. Yeah, she did have great energy. She was a lot of fun to record with, and it was cool to hear her story about not growing up in the U.S. and then moving to New York, working in finance, and then really finding her dream career for herself and working as a nutritionist and she has like a holistic approach, but also kind of like a background in Western, right? I feel like she has like a Mm -hmm. very combined approach where she uses her educational background as a registered dietitian, but then also she went to IIN. So she has a lot of that like holistic background as well. And just a fun perspective. And like Mia said, a really fun energy. Yes. I think a lot of people will relate to her because I like that she had this really corporate, really fast, busy lifestyle when she first moved here and thought that was like the dream. She always wanted to be in New York working in finance on Wall Street. She felt like she made it when she got here. And then she'll say in the episode, but I loved, she said, I was making all this money, but spending it on just expensive doctors because I was run down. I had acne. I was bloated. I had digestion issues. And I feel like so many people, especially in corporate world, probably relate to that feeling of just being run down. And yeah, I love her story of finding her true calling. And now she's helping so many people. And I loved her. She was just a nice refreshing perspective to have on all things diet and nutrition and mindset. So I think you'll really enjoy the episode. Yeah, it's such a good one. You guys will love it. And I think we'll have a bonus episode coming up soon too. So keep an eye out for that. Yes, more bonuses. Yes, I love those. So this week, I have such a fun thing to talk about that I tried. I tried, I posted it on our Instagram actually now, like a few weeks ago when I had gotten them in the mail, I tried a few different types of non-alcoholic spirits. And one of them was Gia, this brand Gia, it's G-H-I-A. And I actually found out about it because a former guest, Matt Lombardi posted about them. And so I looked into the brand and I love their story and I love their branding. And I got like a non-alcoholic Aperol spritz is what it was. And they come in these little cans and it was so good. Like it just tasted like an Aperol spritz. It has that bitter taste and you just pour it over ice and it was delicious. I loved it. I felt like I was like back on the Amalfi coast. It was amazing. But what I love about them is their story. So it was started by this woman named Melanie and she grew up going to the Mediterranean. And she says like, that's obviously where you would always have like an aperitivo. And she felt like the best part about drinking was that it kind of like transports you to a different place, enjoying simple pleasures and being together and connecting and laughing and celebrating and all of that. But that she wanted to, what she says is like, take the word drinking back from alcohol and make drinking something that doesn't numb you and have a great drink that you'll actually remember in the morning. And so she made this alcohol-free aperitif. And initially, I think she has two different products now. So the one is like, it comes in a bottle and you can like make drinks with it. I think it's kind of like a non-alcoholic Aperol, I guess. 
And the other that I had was the canned spritz, not alcoholic Aperol spritz and really, really good. I highly recommend like I really haven't been drinking lately. I wouldn't say like I don't drink at all, but I haven't drank this year. So it's fun to have an option, like just to have something at the end of the day when you want to like have something that kind of like relaxes you, but doesn't actually make you drunk or hungover in the morning. Highly, highly recommend. And Mia, I feel like you have to go to their website and look at it because they say chin chin at the end of everything. <laughs> yes. Like, you know, companies like text, you know, which first of all, I'm not going to go on a rant, but I like hate oh, yeah. that. Like, I hate it used that. to be like sign up for our email list and now it's like sign now up for our email text. list and text, uh, text us. So I get these text from random numbers all the time, like sale at summer Fridays, like just all these different companies. But at the end of all of their texts, they say chin chin. <laughs> I love it. Yes. I wait. I love that story. I love that feeling of drinking, taking you somewhere else, because anytime I think of an Aperol spritz or have one, I just think of our trip to Italy on the Amalfi coast. And yeah, yeah we I were there like- the summer of the spritz. Yes, the summer of the spritz. And that's also <laughs> when the New York Times decided to come out and say like spritzes are terrible. And yeah. we were like sitting on the Amalfi Coast. I remember, I think I got like a push notification with that article and we were sitting on a cliff in Positano drinking Aperol spritz. And I'm like, I beg to differ. <laughs> I remember that. And then someone came out with an article like against that article. Yeah, I was I was really following that story. But I love that. I love Aperol spritz. And I feel like I would never like think about it because Aperol obviously is an alcohol. So I love that this is a non-alcoholic version. And I was just saying, I went to Emily the other day, our favorite pizza place, and I saw the bottle of Gia there. So now you can still enjoy pizza and your Aperol spritz when you're not drinking. That's pretty much the best news I've ever heard. I feel like I've seen a lot of LA restaurants starting to have non-alcoholic options, like non-alcoholic cocktails. New York, I feel like is a little bit behind. So I'm really happy to hear that that Emily has it because I feel like they'll have like a alcohol-free drink menu sometimes, but it will be like a lemonade or something. You know what I mean? You can't get like an actual like mocktail. Right. Yes. I know. I love that. I love those options. Mocktails are so fun. Yeah. And my new thing, I have been seeing a lot of people post about Vivrel on Instagram. So it's a bag rental company high-end handbags and jewelry rentals. And I love that because I I never really spend money on handbags. I feel like I always have the same bags and I never can commit. Also like bags are just so expensive. Yeah. And I always want a bag to be like fun and trendy, sometimes a pop of color, but I don't want to spend money on all of these bags that I are kind of like a fleeting trend. So I've never like been into rent the runway. I actually have a really weird thing of sharing clothes with people. I don't, I don't like it. So like rent the runway for clothes, like always turned me off, but I'm so into renting accessories. So I looked into it and I just signed up and I just got my first little bag today. So you sign up, there's three different tiers, classic, which is 99 a month. And that's like retail value under 4,000. So you're still getting like really nice stuff. And then they have a higher end 199 for their couture closet and then 280 for couture plus. So you can get two items at a time. You do have to commit to three months. So I just did the classic and committed for three months. But the nice thing is you can keep an item for as long as you want. So if I wanted to keep the bag I have now for three months, I could, but you can also swap it back. They send you all the packaging. So you could just save the box. They have your shipping label. You could just add something new to your closet. And mine came in a couple of days. 
And they also have influencer closets, which I thought was really cool. So you could shop the closet of Stephanie Gottlieb, who's a jewelry designer who always has really fun pieces. And she wears like a ton of rainbows. So her closet's like really fun, like diamonds and rainbows. And I really love that. And then Katie Sands, who was a former guest, has a closet. And Paige DeSorbo, which by the way, Carly, I started watching Summer House on Bravo because I love like I've just followed along Hannah Burner. She was a guest on Girls Gotta Eat and now she is a podcast with Paige. So this is actually really random that the past few weeks I've been like really into their friendship and their podcast and watching their clips on Instagram. And she's a fashion or a style writer and she always does looks for less. So Paige also has a closet on Vibro. Wait, you didn't tell me cool. any of this. I, I know. have to listen to their podcast. <laughs> I watch all of their clips on Instagram. They post like really funny, like captioned videos or reels of their conversation. So now I'm going to start listening to their podcast. I've been watching Summer House because of them. Yeah. I feel like people love Summer House. Yeah. It's set in the Hamptons. It's fun. It's just like, they're fairly normal people. I mean, there's some dramatic people, but it's just fun. I like it. Yeah. Well, I love that idea for that company. I love that. I kind of want to look into it because I'm the same way. I don't spend a lot of money on bags, but I feel like it really does pull together your outfit. And I like to be able to switch it out because you don't want to, if you're investing in these bags, you don't want to invest in like 10 new bags for all your different outfits. Exactly. Yes. So look into Vivrel and look into Gia for your non-alcoholic spritzes. Yes. And we hope you guys love this episode. Let us know what you liked, what you didn't like and what you want to hear more about. See you next week. Welcome back. We are so excited to be sitting down today with registered dietitian and holistic nutritionist who focuses on the mind-body connection. So welcome to Mostly Balanced, Ella DeVar. Thank you so much for having me. Hello. Thank you for being here. We're so excited. We can't wait for this conversation. So why don't you start just by telling everyone listening a little bit about yourself, where you're from and what you do? Well, I'm a bilingual registered dietitian. I speak Russian and English and I'm originally from Russia. I was born and raised in uh, the suburbs in a small town in Russia and I moved to New York City when I just turned 19 years old. So I was like a little puppy. I was just like smiling and nodding. I didn't speak <laughs> a word of English at all. Wow. I didn't know anyone, but I had big dreams and big vision for myself <laughs> to become someone of value, someone who contributes to a better world, someone who changes the lives of others. And look at me now, a little girl from a town that's not even in the world's map is teaching the greatest nation of the world how to live a healthy life. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, congrats for coming here. And you've definitely built up such a career that empowers people and makes them feel confident. So what was your relationship with nutrition and fitness and health growing up? Was it always an interest of yours prior to being 19 and moving here? Actually, I've come a full circle. So like growing up, my family was relatively poor and my grandparents had their own garden and a little farm where they had to like rely on their farm for food because basically they couldn't afford buying foods from the supermarket, right? But they basically supplied everything from their farm, all the berries, vegetables and fruit and all the animal protein. So I wanted to live in the big city. I wanted to be the big shot girl. You know, like I wanted to be the boss. And I was literally, I remember when I was a teenager, I was like, you guys are all losers. Like you could buy this stuff. You know, you don't have to slave because <laughs> it's a lot of work. It's a lot of labor to grow all of that. You know, 
all summer on like summer breaks, I would have to like help my grandparents to take care of the garden, take care of the animals for the whole family to have food. So that's how I ended up in New York City. I was just like, I'm out of here. I'm not having any of that. So I got my degree in finance, right? As a young immigrant, where do you go in New York City, right? To make money. I ended up on Wall Street. And that day, I remember when I was on Park Avenue having like this badge and the keys and I was like, oh my God, I'm living the American dream. I am somebody. I am someone significant and of value. But then I started to think like, why am I so miserable? Why am I always exhausted? Why do I give all the money that I earn to all these doctors? Because I had skin issues, digestive issues. I had weight issues, everything. Like everything that I was earning, that I was working like 16 hours a day, like on the weekends, I would just like run down like Park Avenue, all these like fancy doctors, like somebody help me. Why am I always bloated? Why am I always exhausted? (laughs) (laughs) So that's how I came full circle. Like I left the finance world and I went into the nutrition world to figure out my own health, you know, like with holistic health, I realized like it's the food, that's where it's at. It's not in the, in the creams and all the like supplements. And that's how I became a health coach and I became a yoga instructor. It brought a lot of mindfulness to my living. And that's what actually caused for me to transition from the um, finance world. I was like, I'm going to make a career out of it because I do have this natural connection to nature. I have this experience in me. Like I know what organic food is supposed to taste and smell like and how to grow it basically, right? For me, it's not just the label that's organic. It's what goes in it, the amount of energy, the amount of love that goes in it that becomes us after all. So that's how I became a dietitian. And now my dream is, you ready for this? I'm ready. I want to have a farm. (laughs) (laughs) A full circle. (laughs) Yes. My dream is to have a farm and a wellness center where people can come and visit and actually learn this connection with nature and actually like either plant the seed and then come back like three or four months later at the end of the season and see what happened to that vegetable and actually like pick it and maybe learn how to cook or like how to pickle it so for it to last throughout the winter and actually see what because a lot of American kids don't even they think vegetables are grown in supermarkets you know (laughs) something that I would be a great teacher you know to tell them how it's actually done because I love growing my own vegetables and I love cooking and I love talking about food and educating people on the best ways to prevent any weight gain or any like health conditions with establishing better relationship with food that they eat. Wow. That's such a great story. I love that. It really comes full circle in the end. Do you have a picture in your head of where the farm would be? Yes. It's actually in Northern Italy. And oh my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh my God. Sign us up to be those first visitors. <laughs> yeah. My dream. I feel like my soul belongs to Italy. This whole Dolce Vita, how people just like do everything with love. You know why? I always tell people, do you know why? This small fisherman village attracts the attention of like the population of the entire world. Everyone from China, from America goes to see those tiny little Portofino, tiny villages because everything they are saturated with love. It's made with love, you know, their architecture, the language, the food, the clothes, you know, everything there is just like made either with love and passion for life or it's just not there, you know? So that's why it's so attractive and so beautiful. And that's why I want to be there. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so true. So I want to like rewind a lot. So to when you first came to New York and you got your degree in finance and you started working on Wall Street, and then you explained that you started to realize why am I doing this? And that whole feeling that I'm sure so many people could relate to. How long did it take for that to hit you after getting your job on Wall Street to then shifting your career focus? 
It took me uh, a few years also like going through finance school, getting my degree in uh, finance and investments, and then getting into that work environment when you're in front of the computer screen all day, every day, and you're competing with men to get ahead. And you are trying your best. Like I remember the thoughts that were going through my head. Sleep is a waste of time. That's how I used to think. I was very masculine. I wear a lot of like black clothes. I was into kickboxing, skydiving. It was like <laughs> a survival mode, you know, because like I need to be the best. It's like overachiever. Got to be the best. Got to try hard, you know, like to get ahead in life. And that was like the, the, the point in my life where I was like the furthest from being myself. I, was, I became a product of the environment, as I always like use this term when I try to describe it to my clients. Like, do not become the product of your environment. Take responsibility for your life, right? And that's why my approach in nutrition and wellness is mindfulness, right? The connecting the mind and body. It's not just what I think is best for you, right? It's like we have our healer inside us. And that's why I'm also like, I describe myself as a nutritionist and a healer. I bring a lot of you know wisdom from the person who I'm working with to the surface because deep down inside people do know what's best for them, but they just don't have the chance to tap into that because we all think that everyone else thinks our boss think, knows better than I do what, what, how I should like perform, right? Instead of me. So that's why in my approach, I practice a lot of like meditative techniques in addition to clinical nutrition knowledge. It depends on the uh, health status of the person that I work with, but uh, most of the people that I work with are driven busy women like myself, and I've mastered the art of balancing self-care with busy lifestyle. And I love sharing and empowering my clients to do the same. I love that. I love that you were able to identify all of those things that were going on in your life and just taking you kind of away from your authentic self and how you were able to completely pivot and now help other people. So what was that process like? I imagine I saw you have tons of certifications. You are, of course, focusing on lots of the mind-body connection. But how did you bring that all to life into your very unique approach? It was a process, you know, uh, at first I tapped into yoga. I became a yoga instructor. I taught for a while, but that wasn't very intellectually stimulating for me. It ignited a lot of passion of this like wisdom and that there's this, this, this bigger philosophy for living, right? It elevated a lot of stress for me. I was like, I could just exhale. I was like, okay, like on the mat. I remember when I first found myself on the mat, I hated the first few sessions. I was like, what language are they speaking? Because I was all Sanskrit, <laughs> right? And then I was like, I'm upside down. I can't even like hear, let alone like move here, you know, like in the downward. I remember I couldn't even breathe. I was so disconnected from, from myself, you know, but that moment, like that hour of being on the mat, I realized that's a total luxury. That's what I tell my clients. Like, who has the time to like meditate these days, right? Or have the time like to do yoga, right? So it's ultimate luxury. There's like nothing else to do, just you and your body. And you got to deal with that, right? <laughs> In a way that's like, you know, someone else is guiding you through it. So for me, yoga really helped me to bring mindfulness to my life. And then eventually it was a long process. I became a health coach. That was, again, like ignited passion for nutrition science for me, for me to see how the food that I eat affects my well-being, it affects my performance levels, my energy levels, my you know ability to think and go, go through my life. And the same way, being a health coach, I realized like I don't have enough of like real knowledge behind it because I, I didn't have, I didn't study any science. So that's when I went uh, to NYU to receive a proper degree in clinical nutrition and to, became a re to become a registered dietitian. 
to be able to help people of all background, all different health health conditions. So yeah, now I'm finally done with studying. And since then I also became a healer, I studied meditation and through meditative techniques, able to tap into subconscious beliefs. Because a lot of times when people come into me with relatively good health, right? But then they have like digestive issues or they're stressed out. They don't know what to eat. They're just trying to lose that last, you know, 10 pounds in the can. And we realize that it's it's very, it's it's much deeper than they think. It's a subconscious belief, either of like lack of self-acceptance, self-love, or limiting beliefs of not being worthy of, you know, like it's body image sometimes, most of the times roots from stems from there. So for me, it's real. It's the tool. It's not about the list of foods. Or as I say, it's like no matter how much broccoli you eat, if you hate yourself, you can't be healthy, you know? So for me, really tapping into that, that's what like makes my work so gratifying. When I see really like when my clients, just eyes light up, you know, not just like when I give them the meal planning, which is all part of my work, right? The meal plans are just the tool to get there. But like the mindset of the person who I work with is really what's when when that gets shifted, what creates real difference. So cool to hear how it all goes together. And it's so interesting that it all started with yoga and that you weren't even like that into it in the first few sessions. And I feel like you're so right. It's so weird. I think we have it very backwards. We work like nine, 10 hours a day, and then we try to meditate for like 10 minutes when it should be like, we should have the time to do yoga for an hour and be able to like prioritize that mental health. So it's definitely interesting. And it's cool that you tie it all together. So is most of your work with clients one-on-one? Yes, for now it's one-on-one, but I'm considering doing the group coaching because I realize it's it's exhausting to work one-on-one and you do sound like a broke record after a while because you keep repeating the same thing. And I, I am considering creating um, more of a online like courses so people can just like check out at much lower rate and, you know, share it with their family and just have it all like already like online content uh, available for them. Yeah. When you went into it and you started to really like dissect what you wanted to do and everything, did you know that you wanted it to be something where you were working for yourself or did you think about going and working for someone else? So originally when I left finance and I became a health coach, yes, I wanted to work for myself, but somehow, I mean, it was a, a somewhat of limiting belief, but at the same time, like I wanted to, to like really know what I'm doing, that I'm doing the right thing, you know, just suddenly out of finance and world jumping into health coaching and acting like, uh, you know, it all, like I have a lot of respect for health coaches. I am a health coach myself, but I would really want them to have like some like work experience. Like that's why for the dietitians, in order for you to call yourself a dietitian, you need to have a one year of supervised practice because there's a lot of liability, you know, like with what you say and what you do with people, right? I mean, yes, granted dietitians work with uh, different health conditions, everyone from oncology to, you know, geriatrics and pediatrics, right? But same thing with health coaching. So for me, it was really, you know, like getting a proper uh, education but then when I got into NYU and the whole program, I realized actually that that's another thing about me. I dropped out of a master's program at NYU because I realized the training was all for like working for the hospital. And I realized like I, as much as I have like respect for the system, I don't want, like I want to work for myself. And that's why I quit and decided to go on my own. I did work for a longevity clinic, which was an amazing experience in New York City. That's when I really got experience working on um, like metabolism optimization and longevity and like basically biohacking. 
So with that experience as well, I even more, I realized like, I couldn't be myself. I couldn't be like, you know, more creative. And, uh, you know, I really, I love to really connect with people, really tap into and like allow myself to just be authentic self. So that's the only way you can do is when you work for yourself. And that's why as of this year, I do my own thing. Yeah, totally. That's so cool. And that it's within everything you're saying, like when you were struggling in the finance world and like so bogged down with that schedule and like even then recognizing that that is what you wanted to do is work for yourself. And you mentioned like getting over that limiting belief and talked a lot about more of the internal mindful approaches of how to connect with yourself and all the broccoli you eat won't matter unless you love yourself. I love that. And even looking at your offerings on your site, I loved the primary foods coaching. So that talks so much of the type of conversations we have here on Mostly Balanced. And you touched on it, how nutrition and wellness and relationships and everything in your life is so intertwined. And you've touched on that, like even throughout your process. So I want to hear more about that. Like what do those coaching sessions look like with someone where you're breaking down what's going on with them and identifying each of those areas that make up wellness? So yeah, each of those areas that make up wellness and also make up longevity. The longevity studies indicated nine different factors that play into the higher chances of longevity and becoming a centenarian, the person who lives above 100 years old, happen to be the same thing. Those are the primary foods that feed us on a different level than just nutrients do, right? It's spirituality, physical activity, intimacy, community living, lower stress, and uh, having a meaning in life, the guy, all of those things. So that's why in my programs offerings, I do one-on-one sessions for like one-time coaching sessions when person just like knows what they're doing, but they have a specific question that they need to figure out. But most of the time, what I love doing and what I really enjoy doing is the program that I have three months long, when we meet six times during the three months, every other week, twice a month. And when we really um, set out to have to have deeper conversations and set out on achieving success in small incremental steps, you know, so that's what I love giving my clients this sense of success that every two weeks we focus on small achievable goals that they do. And looking back after three months, they're like, whoa, this was easy. I was able to do all this in three months. This means I could take this with me and continue doing it on my own most of the time. Some people, you know, continue with me for like six months, which is great. But usually that's how long it takes to create a new habit, a new lifestyle, because we are creatures of habits, right? We are what we do every day repetitively, right? So that's how we identify ourselves. Like, oh, I work out, like I eat healthy, right? Like for you, for some people, it's like easy, but for others, it's like, oh, I have to cook. I have to go to the gym every day. And the difference between those and those who are like do it every day and those who do it like once a month, right? Because of the habit, they don't have that habit. The other thing what I do is I provide the sense of support and accountability because it's easy to cancel on yourself, right? We all like do that because everything else goes and, you know, it's important and um, we have to consider everything and like we just sometimes cancel on ourselves. But when you have a coach or like a nutritionist that told you that this week is this is what, what you specifically need to focus on and this accountability grows and um, there are higher chances that people actually stick and uh, compliance levels are much higher. And 
yeah, those types of obligers that I call them, you know, like they need to have someone to uh, hold them accountable is what really creates the sense of like support. Because again, we are creatures, we're meant to be in community livings and people in the big cities sometimes are isolated and are all like, you know, like being alone for too long. And that's when I come in. One of my clients called me her food shrink because she's like, I was like, I love my shrink, but I can't talk to her about like all my food issues. So I was like, I can talk to you about it. It's like, yeah. So we talk about food and everything like lifestyle related, but really creating healthier habits and um, longer term. Yeah. yeah. I'm curious when you're working with a client over those three months and those different pillars you talk about that influence each other, whether it's relationship or career, do you notice within your clients, there's one that really impacts their overall wellness more often than others? Like, is it career? Is it unhealthy relationships? Do you ever see a trend in what's really impacting someone's wellness? It's a combination of things, but I'll be honest with you. It's the mindset, you know, because the way you view yourself and everything that goes on, it's all interconnected. You know, when you are not happy with yourself, when you are self-abandoning yourself, right? And you're like doing these things for your boss or for your children. Like you forget to do anything for yourself, right? You seem to have it all. You seem to have it all figured out, right? But like, as soon as I bring all this mindfulness that all of this self-neglect comes from forgetting what you want, where you begin, where you end, where you actually desire, not what you should have or should want, but what do you actually want, right? So I empower my clients to just own it, step into their power. That's when the healing and meditative practice comes in and really brings a lot of all of those things to the surface. And they create difference in their lives, you know, and for, for most people, that's where it's at. It's the mindset, you know, the, the way they view all of those things in their lives, right? Because they have kids, they have in-laws, dogs, boss, everything. Everyone tells them what they want, right? So it's very easy for them to forget, like I said, but then when they come to me, they're like, oh, my life is like all set. I'm so happy. I have it all, right? But why am I so miserable? Why am I so tired all the time? So for me, most of the time, it's the mindset. It's like creating more mindfulness around the self and tapping into the wisdom of our bodies. And that changes the way they view the things that they already have. And it's some of the things that they are capable of manifesting for themselves. So is your main tool for that, the meditation? That's one of the, yes. I mean, of course, I review their lab works. I review, you know, their uh, nutritional intake and the dietary patterns that they have. All of that plays into the role, but that's like all in the surface, right? Like we talk about all of that. But then after uh, two months, if the person continues having like low energy levels, that's when we're looking at like what's really not working. That's when we're looking at habits such as like cold showers or getting up early or like going to bed early. I use a lot of wearables to provide data like the aura ring or cgms the continuous glucose monitors to create more of a personalized approach for diet and for lifestyle intervention so it's not just like what i think is best for them and what they think but like what their body is telling them so it really depends on the person's issues and what the concerns that they're facing that's why i said like a lot of people stay with me for more than three months can imagine probably like right around the time when they start to see a real impact so i'm sure mm-hmm. they want to keep going 
So you yeah. said you usually suggest that they get some sort of wearable, like an aura ring or like an Apple watch or something. Yes. Cause sometimes when people are having all those issues and they can't figure out what's best for them. Right. We, we try to do it like based on the, your body's feedback, but it's much easier when you have like, you know, if you can measure it, you can manage it. And so for me coming from the scientific background, I, as much as I love the holistic world, I really like to see the data. And that's why I look at the lab values when we talk about deficiencies, right? And when we talk about food intolerances, sensitivities, and as well as like, you know, the glucose monitoring and sleep patterns. Yeah, I like that. And I like that you speak to a personalized approach for everyone. And even that method, I think, ties into how you, of course, prescribe someone's nutrition or diet plans. So I'm curious how you feel about fad diets or kind of how people might rely on one particular cure all and kind of debunking that myth of how that specific trend probably won't work for everybody. Yeah, the modern diet cultures, you know, they're either based on the willpower or some sort of restriction. When they restrict the entire food group, it's either the fats or don't eat any carbs to, you know, lose weight, or they restrict the animal protein, the entire protein group. And whether they're doing it for health or for weight loss, no matter how and what, it's still stressful, sometimes beyond measure. And it creates an even like bigger disconnect between your body and mind because you heard it someplace, you read it someplace, forget what I think, forget what I want, right? Just do what you must, you know, to achieve because somebody else wrote this book and said that I, that's what I should be eating. But I, whenever it comes to like a diet and like a best-selling book, I always try to remind my, my clients that Behind every best-selling program in the book, there's a marketing plan, right? And the louder the title, the higher chances that like there's a sales plan and like there's a whole marketing team behind it that's trying to push it forward. And the quicker the results that they're offering you, like lose weight and whatever, however many weeks, right? And just, you know, optimize your energy levels. Like you have to realize it's a process. That's why my approach is focused on longevity and the long-term results, right? The health, uh, the weight loss, usually, as I say, it happens as a side effect when you're focused on healthy mindset and healthy living. So that's why I'm focused on longevity, on like blue zones where people live above 100 and live, you know, high quality life when they're active and like taking care of their great, great grandkids, picking them up on the bicycles and things like that. So you're actually active throughout the day. And I bring up the French diet a lot when people eat everything they want, but in moderation and very small amounts. That's why my program is also like very educational that I love my clients to get educated and take that knowledge with them to take it with them throughout the life and also inspire their family and friends. You know, how do you do that? Like, how do you just like do this like joie de vivre and you're always happy and you're always like eating whatever you want. So that's what it is. That's like 80% of the time, like you know what you're doing and why you're doing and then you indulge once in a while. Yeah, that's definitely what we try to do. Everything in moderation. Like you don't want to completely cut a food group out if it's something that you like. Like if you don't like it, don't eat it. But if it's something that you really enjoy, then have it in moderation. You have to be very smart too and uh, knowledgeable, right? Possess all that intellect and knowledge about what's happening, especially like in the environment that we live in, right? So if we're living in the big cities, like food is cheap, food is everywhere. You go to the places and there's like free food everywhere. There's free breakfast, there's free snacks, there's all these things. 
and you become a product of that environment. It's like, it's always available and it's, it doesn't cost you anything. You end up eating it all, right? Or versus when you live in the farm where there are no supermarkets, right? And whatever you grow and you have to work hard for it. You have to like, I remember myself in my childhood, like my grandma would be like, you want lunch? Go to the garden and get some lunch, you know? And you go to the garden and you get all these veggies and you pick them up and you have to wash them and you have to cut them. <laughs> you have to do all this, you know? And they burn calories where you're doing it. And it brings a lot of mindfulness. Like you don't overeat you know or you put a lot of thought and mindfulness and activity into like Mia and I met working at an advertising agency where there was literally food everywhere like everywhere you went you could just have unlimited food and it was never really healthy food and since it was there like you eat it and I'm sure you experienced something similar when you're working in finance I'm sure there was like an unlimited supply of food yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why I, you know, my program is very educational when I tell people like what's best for you based on what their body is telling me and how they, whether they should be eating four times a day or twice a day, right. Based on their lifestyle, based on their specific circumstances, it's very personalized. That's why even when I'll create my online course and my book, I will still continue working one-on-one because that's where it's at personalization and taking into account everything that's going on in a person's life. Yeah. I also like when you painted us that picture of going into the garden and getting your lunch and getting, picking the vegetables and washing them. Carly and I recently talked about this in terms of exercise in that we feel so we take a step back and we're like, we get to do this. We get to do this workout. That kind of like creates that similar process of like, I get to enjoy this lunch. Like I have all these vegetables. So I like that. I feel like it's a very similar approach to like mindful eating. And appreciation and gratitude. Once you start thinking in those terms, like you can't be angry or sad or upset or anything like that. You can't feel any of those when you focus on appreciation and gratitude. Right. Of course. And you've talked so much about personalizing your plans and how this will be different for everyone. But if someone was to walk away from this episode today, do you have a few tips for just how to kickstart a healthier lifestyle or a healthier diet tomorrow? Like what additives should you avoid? What items should you pick up at the supermarket tomorrow? What are your favorite go-tos? Number one thing, make sure that every day you have green vegetables. Like if it's dinner time and you haven't had any green vegetables today, that's it's your last, last, your last <laughs> chance. It's your right? last chance. Yeah. Cruciferous vegetables, anything like bok choy, kale, spinach, broccoli, asparagus are high in fiber and high in uh, powerful antioxidants that help detoxify our liver and also help to optimize our metabolism. It's an absolute must. Ideally, I would want you to eat green cruciferous vegetables three times a day. You can throw them in your smoothie or on your eggs for breakfast. You can have a salad for lunch and a side of uh, green vegetables, one of the sides of green vegetables for dinner. That's my number one tip. And that guess what? Those vegetables also happen to be close to zero calories. So guess what's happening? You're going to be losing weight, you know, but that's not why I'm telling you this. I want you to optimize your detoxification and your microbiome. That's one number one reason to eat it. And also it stimulates your immune system as well because of those uh, powerful antioxidants that come with it and polyphenols. My number two recommendation, hydration, often overlooked. And we kind of like, no, we should be drinking all this water, right? But sometimes 
again, it's the best way to prevent weight gain. Just drink before you eat. Even when you're snacking or you're thinking you should be like eating something or snacking, just have more water and drinking water, hydration, and green uh, herbal teas and water, especially over, uh, green teas and um, herbal teas are often overlooked in Europe and in you know, other parts of the world. Very po- popular form of hydration. Versus like Americans, I, you know, I educate them a lot about that. That's like, you don't have to just chuck water. You know, sometimes people don't like it. I mean, yeah, you can add some flavor, but herbal teas come also with a lot of powerful polyphenols that, like I said, often overlooked. And I would want people to uh, pay attention to that. Yeah, those are such good tips. I love the idea of just, you're just giving us more things to add in versus stop eating sugar or stop eating this because you'll find if you start to eat more vegetables at every meal, then you're eating less of the other things. Yeah, crowding out. The more you focus on the abundance of amazing things that you can have, like you, you don't have time to eat everything because like I said, yeah, we, like you said, we, you know already that like you should be eating sugar. Like if I'll tell you this one more time, yeah, brother. Yeah. So this has been so awesome hearing more about what you do. Now we usually switch over to do some rapid fire questions to learn a little bit more about you outside of work. So switching over because we do love to talk about dating and relationships on this podcast. What is one must have quality for you and a significant other? Generosity of spirit, kindness, and and loving heart. I love that. And that is the type of relationship you should probably have in order to have that well-rounded, loving mindset towards yourself and everyone else around you. Thank you. (laughs) What is one food you can't live without? Green leafy vegetables. (laughs) If I don't have them, I'm like, I get this. Oh my God. Like I said, it's my last chance. I have to have some green leafy vegetables daily because I know so much, almost too much about how important it is for us. Yeah, I absolutely, um, you know, absolutely love it. And everyone like I was staying at my friend's place the other day and I add celery and spinach to her morning collagen blueberry smoothie. She's like, what? There's celery in this smoothie? I'm like, yeah, can you imagine it tastes that great? Yeah, so I absolutely love my cruciferous vegetables daily. That's the best. Do you feel like you weren't eating them as much when you were working on Wall Street and feeling so sluggish and everything? Was that a big factor? Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, back in the, like in those days, no one like was focused on nutrition. You either don't eat, right. Cause you don't have time for it. Who has the time for it? You have all this project that you need to work on or you treat yourself, live a little, cause you're so exhausted. You work so hard. I just want to like a good food, which is, you know, what it's usually is pasta, steak and, potatoes, yeah. and all the, and the red wine. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was always like the all or nothing mindset for sure. Yeah. So what is your favorite method of self-care? Unwinding and uh, just meet with me time, alone time, because I give myself a lot to my family, to my friends, to my clients. And when I get a chance to be alone, that's my ultimate uh, me time and self-care when I just like either like lock myself in the bathroom and do all my, um, you know, self-care rituals, whether it's scrubbing or hair mask or face massage and meditating and reading a book. My latest ultimate luxury is just like, just, just read a book and, and, and just don't look at my phone and don't right. be connected, you know, just disconnect. <laughs> yeah. Reading is like the one activity that really disconnects me. Like Carly and I also talked about that recently, because if you're reading, you don't have your phone in your hand, whereas watching TV or any other method of self-care, I always tend to like my phone creeps in, <laughs> but you've <laughs> talked about 
well, you grew up in Russia. You've talked about owning a farm in Italy. What's the best trip you've ever been on? What's your favorite destination? Italy is my absolute heaven on earth because yeah. of how different it is from north to south. It's like a complete whole world is there you know the south uh southern sardinia beaches are like maldives they're like this endless you know white sand that goes into the horizon and then when you go to the northern italy the mountains the fresh water and the culture there is so different the south is like more like hot-blooded they're more like gypsies and versus the north like more educated more calm and confident and just like you know more proper and the air and the mountains are just so different. That's why for me, just being in LA, and I've traveled there a lot. So I do want to learn Italian soon. My gosh, I feel like there's so much more of Italy that I need to see. I've only been to like a couple of places, but I loved it there so much. I'm a big fan of Italy. Yeah. Actually, you know, it's funny. I was born with it. I feel like I lived there in my past life. I see it in the dreams, those lakes and the mountains. But like before I've ever went to Italy, like the Russians have like a huge connections with Italy. I always said that there's nothing that God created that's better than Italy. Like I've always <laughs> said that before I ever went to Italy. <laughs> and it didn't disappoint. I've been like there since maybe like 15 times. Wow. It was oh, definitely yeah. a past life thing for sure. Carly and I went there together to Amalfi Coast in Rome. And then actually someone told me that in a past life, I was with Carly stomping on grapes. So maybe we were also in Italy in a past life. I wouldn't be surprised. It was great. It was amazing. It was too short. I could wish we could have spent more time there. So now you were saying before we started recording, now you're living in Miami. Are you living there by yourself? Yes, I do live here by myself, but I have a very supportive, loving community here of like-minded people, people who are either like meditation practitioners or mindset workers that are like empowering people. Like the community here is just wow. And everyone's into the same things like holistic, um, healthy living or like shamans that I found here. And I'm just tapping into the, this whole esoteric living, which, is, which has a lot of ancient wisdom behind it. And for me, I'm just like, so in awe of it. That's amazing. Yeah. I was going to ask more about like how the transition has been, but it sounds like you're really finding your place and the people. Honestly, I moved here as of like two weeks ago. And every day I was like, I was so worried that I'm going to regret moving from Manhattan right after 14 years in Manhattan. Yeah. The first 12 years, I was like so in love with New York City. I was like, there's no better place in the world than New York City. And even like when I would travel, I would come back. I was like, yeah, this is my home. This is the best place on the planet, the capital of the world. That's what I call New York City. But now, honestly, in the last two weeks, like every day I get this like affirmation. It's like, I'm, this is the right decision that I made. There's so many other beautiful places in the world other than New York City. Not in the world, like in the United States, outside of Manhattan. So yeah, I'm not in a rush to go back. But you know, my work is now, like I've established myself. My education was at NYU and like the work that I've done at work at the hospitals in Manhattan and the most prestigious longevity clinic in Manhattan. And um, you know, I'm grateful for all of the experience that I've had in Manhattan. And you know, I've always wanted to work for myself and now transitioning into the virtual world thanks to COVID and what happened last year. I was like, this is perfect. So I can really work from anywhere. Right. I feel like a lot of people that happened to like New York's the best, but taking a step back and realizing you can work from anywhere and have a place with like, like you with sunshine and the ocean and the beach. I, I would probably do that over Manhattan too. (laughs) Okay. So we like to close with advice. So what advice would you give to yourself 10 years ago or just your younger self in general? Yeah, I would give advice uh, to my younger self. Just keep believing in yourself. 
Don't doubt yourself. Don't doubt your inner voice. Follow your vision. Follow your dream. Which I kind of did. It sounds like I did, but you know, it all came with a lot of like self-doubting. So I would just like whisper it into my ears, like, don't doubt yourself. You got it all. <laughs> you know, and just like go in with even more authentic. Like I feel like it took me a, too long to find this like really truly authentic creative expression. Right. Would you go back and not pursue the finance route if you could, or are you happy you experienced that and then found your way? That's a great question. Wow. So I'm thinking maybe I I would I wouldn't go back. The people that I met, the experiences that I've been through, that 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 experience that it gave me. You know, I've dated a lot of hedge, like not a lot, but like I've dated a hedge fund manager from that. Like I could really relate to his lifestyle. Like I know what you're going through. I know how hard that is. You know, I don't think I would have been like a, such a great partner and such a great nutritionist. Is like who I am. Like who I what I do right now. Like if I would only knew the Buddha world. You know, and <laughs> just like how to meditate and live in the farm. You know, like having those like all of those experiences. Experiences. Wow, your question really made me realize like, how, how much I appreciate my journey. And no, I don't have any regrets. Yeah, well, that's great. The perfect answer. Well, you are, you built an amazing career. So tell our listeners where they can find you. They can find me on Instagram at Nutritionist Ella, or if anyone's interested in joining my program or learning more about what I do and how to sign up at nutritionistella.com slash work with me. They could um, explore the program offerings that I have, either like a one-time consultation or a three-month program, which again is very personalized and individually tailored once we have a free initial consultation and we find out what the concerns are. We can really figure out what's the best way to go. Amazing. Well, we'll put all of those details in the show notes so anyone listening can find you and reach out with any questions. And of course, follow you on Instagram for more tips and everything like that. So this was a great conversation. We're so, we're so grateful that you came on to talk to us. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Thank you. This was so much fun. And I hope everyone goes and checks you out because I really love your approach. So thank you so much for being here and sharing it with us. Thank you again, ladies. 